You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brian McCubbin. Hey, everybody. Happy Thursday. Hey, happy build week. David Hall. Yo, yo. Donnie Spiker. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome. Greg Hecteth. What's up, guys? Yo, Justin Pearson. Hey, friends. Welcome. And Mackenzie Stevens. How's it going? It's build week, everyone, and we're going to take you through all the goodness of the new content. The iRacing Skip Barber Formula Series wrapped up, and which iRacer will get a shot at a fully funded ride? And did iRacing accidentally make the best oval car in the service? And remember, guys, you can follow along with us on your PC or mobile device in real time. All you have to do is go to iRacersLounge.com and select Show Notes. So you'll see all these great topics and products we'll discuss. So see you there. story it's week 13 donnie let's go through the release notes what do we get yeah so we got it they've all been announced within the last several weeks but we got the late model stock it's going to replace uh the current late model they're not going to make that a legacy car that i think they're completely getting rid of it uh they got the renault uh, clio coming that's a little tiny little hatchback type of front wheel drive vehicle You've got a new uh, formula car coming, the Ray FF1600. It's going to be the, I guess, the beginner car for the formula ladder. Uh, let's see, for tracks, we got a uh, Circuit de Jerez. I think I believe that's in uh, Portugal or Sp- Spain, one of the two. Uh, we got a new damage model for the new uh, formula car I just spoke about, the Ray FF1600. So... Uh, AI racing got some updates, um, auto fuel, which has a lot of people talking, uh, car parameter updates, dynamic brake audio system and iRacing UI visual refresh. Yeah, that car, uh, the FF, I, I think the FF stands for formula Ford. And I think that's probably going to be my shortcut name for that car. Cause it's kind of a mouthful, you know, to say the, uh, the proper name. You know, listening to some of the the current IndyCar drivers getting their start over in Europe before they failed on the F1 ladder, they talked about running the Formula Ford, and it sounds like that's the the Weekenders car series of choice over there. Like we have late models and and um, super late models, but it sounds like the Formula Ford series is kind of your I won't say your hobbyist, but that's where you get to get your your weekend warrior driving those as well. So it's going to be exciting to, to get to drive that car. Um, the auto fuel thing, I got to experience that a little bit last night. I turned it off mainly because, I mean, it has a error correction of like, it adds an extra lap or something and you can adjust that. 
but um you know it doesn't really adjust for green white checkers and maybe even three of them uh so i just turned it off and uh do it how i normally do it but what do you guys think about auto fuel finally being a stock option i mean you've always had to use third-party software up until now to do such a thing you know i'll be honest i i just use my brain calculations for it and i just add maybe a couple clicks to account for that green white checkered so i don't know if i'll use it i don't want to i don't want it to mess with what i've got going on but I'll, I'll check it out to try it but i use race labs race labs is pretty good but i always give it a couple extra clicks when i enter the pit just to make sure i have enough all right and then the next gen car you know got tire and drafting updates now at phoenix i don't know if i can tell the difference i mean i you know the is there enough draft at Phoenix to tell? I don't know. Um, the tires obviously are, are, you know, you can feel those at Phoenix, but uh, I don't know if it's any different for me or not. Um, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, I, the other big one was that Delara jet car, IRO1. Uh, they got oval uh, setups, basically. Um, they put out setups and they got the uh, car symmetrical. So, it, you know, it works on oval. Yeah, they were actually running a, um, a ridiculous race in that car at Texas, and I, I did a couple laps, and it was pretty fun. All right, and then what do you think about the beta UI refresh? I mean, I called it, you know, let's put lipstick on a pig. It was a little jarring last night when I went in to do my updates for the week. I haven't been on, I haven't raced anything in over a week, but I just went on to do the updates, and it was a little jarring at first. I, I forgot that we were getting that. Um, but I went to the results page to see if that was working any better. And it still doesn't show you where you rank in your your division, I guess. It just still gives you an overall ranking. And it's kind of annoying. It's very annoying. Yeah, I go to look at the points and I hit division. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's got, you know, everybody listed in the right order. But, in, but the number next to it is all random because, like, it's based on your overall uh, across all divisions. So... Yeah, it's still broke. I mean, the functionality of it hasn't changed uh, as far as that stuff goes. The The visual refresh is really a font change, and um, everything's a little bit smaller maybe. And um, the other thing I noticed is there's a lot of wasted screen space. Like above the little grid where you pick races, there's a good six or seven inches of just black space at the top of the screen. And the same thing on the left and the bottom. And I, I just feel like, wow, this is a real waste of uh, screen real estate, the way they have it laid out. But, hey, to each his own. Yeah, I took a look at it. And uh, when I looked at it, I didn't really notice much of a difference. And then I think it's because I didn't use the UI very often. So I really wasn't familiar with the UI looked like before. So the new one really didn't stand out as being way different. Yeah, I just opened it up now to take a better look at it. But uh I mean, it is it is what it is. I'm glad they decided not to kill it. Uh, the website at this point um, give us a little bit longer, but um, I don't know what's taking them so long to to do this. It doesn't seem like it's that difficult of a job you're if fair. you're if you're hiring the right people. Looking at the overall release notes to see what else we missed here. Let's see. They did fix some bugs with active reset. Um, a couple things where it wasn't saving the windshield and visor state, including uh, if you had a tear off or not. So just little stuff like that. Lots of AI uh, updates, which are good. Uh, by the way, I ran an AI race uh, 
with the new uh, with one of the new cars at Michigan. And one of the ways I save time is I don't do a rolling start. I do a standing start because basically I can skip a whole lap and get up to speed and get going quick, you know, by doing a standing start. Well, I did a standing start at Michigan and we're on pit road for the standing start, uh, all sideways. And, uh, the AI, they basically, uh, on pit road, you know, turned right, right into pit road wall and wrecked all of them, all 40 of them wrecked by themselves while I drove away. It was interesting. You need to take a replay of that and send it in. I did put it in the chat team chat so you guys could see it. Um, force feedback, uh, support has added, been added for 360 Hertz force feedback mode provided by some Logitech wheels. This is enabled by default but can be turned off in the app by any INI. He also says the auto button, referring to the auto button under force feedback in SIM is now more consistent from run to run. Also, brake calibration asks the user if the brake pedal is a load cell pedal and corrects the brake curve automatically if so. Now, didn't we talk about this a few weeks ago where Heisken, the guy Heiskenveldi did that video where you know, we're not modeling brake, the curves of the brakes right uh, in these cars. And, and, you know, if they did this and that, it would be better. And then boom, here we go. They, they got some adjustment. What was the total gigs for this uh, update? I'm just scrolling through and it just seems like a lot. I don't always select everything, especially if I don't use whatever that is. Sometimes I'll just keep it down, but it seems like it might've been a, a decent update size wise. It really depends I want on to say how many uh, items you own. Mine was three, three, three gigs and change. Now, do you guys just select all to update? Just update everything, regardless if you use it or not. Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I can always remote in, so I usually just remote in and do it during like lunch while I'm sitting at work. So, what's the start zone jump um, start assessment improvements? They have that in the highlights, but I can't find it down the scroll. It was up near the top. Uh... Yeah, they just an adjustment to it because it was out of whack is the way it sounded. Now I'm down into the cars looking at the changes to all the cars. Lots of just a lot of little tweaks, adjustments. We're not going to read all these off, obviously. Yeah, so the Formula Ford was a free uh, update, right? So uh, anybody yeah, could use that, yeah. And the late model just replaced the one that was there. So if you already had the late model, it just plugged it in, right? Correct. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's keep rolling uh, in the show. Uh, it was, there's a lot more uh, release note stuff we're going to review, but I think we saw the big ones. So I'll take this next one. We have release notes for the app for iOS or Android for iRacing, the iRacing companion app. Uh, they put an update for that at the same time, which I thought was pretty cool that they're getting the app on the same release schedule as the sim. And so they're going to put, you know, it seems like they're putting out a release every time, uh, you know, every 13 weeks. Yeah. So you'll get a reminder, uh, I guess, for upcoming races has now been set using different lengths before the event of a start. So you can get a reminder through the app now. Yeah, lots of other app crash fixes and little issue fixes and that kind of thing. There is a new section time attack. You can go in there and view what's going on with Time Attack. 
some you know if you're if you ever do time attacks you know you want to go in there and see how you rank sometimes on the lap times against others and that's why you would want to use the app oh man did somebody get my time and so i've i've poked around in time attack a bit and run some lap times just to get some numbers in there and so i could watch it i still think the big hole in this uh, app is to be able to register from the app that's i think that's where where it needs to go eventually if it can uh, agreed but isn't that the whole problem with having the ui and the website they were saying that you know having people register from multiple sources was causing you know database problems so i would think that if you had the app available to register maybe that would be a second source to cause the same kind of problem yeah that is a possibility you're right overall i'm really impressed with the, what they've done since acquiring this uh, this app i mean it's they've they've really put a lot of effort into it you can tell with all the updates that they get on a regular basis and it just keeps improving as time goes along so you know overall i really i really do like what they've done with this and i wind up checking checking results on my phone way more often than i go on a computer and check them yeah i've been using the app uh, lately and it's you know it's not too bad actually been getting used to it. it it's really good to look up uh, other drivers um you can just search their name and pull up their profile and yeah see what they're running yeah that's exactly what i do i do with it a lot you know i see how you guys deferred in races and check my buddies out and see where they were i like it um if i'm thinking of running a race i don't typically run and i'll just check it to see what the times are to see if I, it's something i can fit in my day um but so far i mean it's might be better than the UI. I don't know. Well, one thing that's um, missing on that, and I did this uh, a little while ago. Of um, I wanted to look up a driver who was a friend of a friend type of deal, and uh, I knew their name, but it came up with multiple hits because the name was kind of fairly common, and I wanted to. I could. I could um, differentiate one from the other by looking at like where they're from. You know what state they're from. And that's not available on the wasn't available anyway on the um, app. So it, so I had to go into iRacing's website and look, and then look up the profile, and it had like, you know, their basic information where they're from and stuff like that. And I was able to find the person I was looking for that way. All right, let's move on to Skip Barber Formula iRacing Series finale. Yeah, guys. So. Uh, if you remember going into uh, last week's race, which was actually uh, the final race, it was on Thursday, right right after we did the show, um, there was a one point difference going into the final race at um, Road America between uh, Diogo Pinto and Harley Houghton. It was a one point difference. And again, you win this series, you get a fully funded ride for a whole season at Skip Barber Racing. Really big stakes at, at, um, at hand. I, I think they value it at about $500,000. So a really big uh, prize for that and uh get your get you into a real car driving against real people on real tracks and and you know what a what a great um way to um get into a, a real real world car through through the sim so again one one point separated pinto and houghton going into the last race um uh, Diego Pinto uh, actually posted quick time in qualifying, so uh, he did his job. Uh, Houghton finished fifth, I believe, in qualifying. Um, and uh, in the first race, they run two separate races and, and get points from both of those races. In the first race, Pinto uh, went pole to pole. He actually won the race. 
um, and Houghton went from fifth to second. So uh, he he um, he lost a couple of points, and it was a five point differential going into the final race that was going to decide the winner of this thing. And they were going to be starting on the front row, Pinto and Houghton both. Um, the first turn at uh, Road America is a right hand bender. Um, uh, Pinto being on the pole was on the inside, on the right-hand side. Houghton was on the outside. And as they come to the first turn in the first of the first turn of the race, the car behind Houghton gets into him and spins him into the grass. And uh, Pinto um, kind of just uh, just cruised around from there. He finished seventh place in that second feature and, uh, and won the title, uh, based on that. Now, um, Houghton was, uh, hit, wound up finishing way down in the field. I think it was 15th or 16th. Um, but, uh, a, uh, um, another win by, uh, uh, Weldon. Um, I forgot his first name, the kid, um, who's, uh, Dan Weldon's son. Sebastian. He won the, Sebastian, there you go. Thank you. Sebastian Weldon won the second race. Uh, and this kid is, I mean, they had an interview with him. He's a kid kid. He's like 14 years old and he looks younger than 14 years old, but he is racing with the top, top guys at iRacing, which is really impressive. Um, so uh, congratulations to Pinto. Now, there was a little controversy in this race. I watched it live. And uh, when when uh, Houghton got turned into turn one that uh, of the final race, the car behind him that spun him was a teammate of Diogo Pinto. So there was a little bit of, Ooh, this is not a good look. Um, you know, he got spun out by a teammate of the guy who was uh, racing for the win. Now, um, from everything I've heard, the guy who spun him is a clean driver. He's a t team red line driver. So, uh, he, from everything I heard, there's a there. He's a good driver and he's fairly clean, and not a whole lot came out of it. But there was a little uh, bit of angst there when uh, when that happened in the race. I haven't seen any issues with with any kind of uh, call outs or anything like that. So I think I think it was um I think it was pretty well smoothed over. But uh, so congratulations, Diogo Pinto, and we'll take we'll keep an eye on him uh, as uh, the real world Skip Barber season comes along. See how he does. Congratulations. So cool. What a prize, too, huh? All right. Mackenzie, how about fifth digit acquired? Yeah, so uh, th there's a new addition to the, the short list of uh, the 10,000 I rating for oval racers. It's uh, Casey Kerwin. He uh, put out a tweet. He says, fifth digit acquired. He says he appreciates everyone's support as always especially over the past four to five months hovering around uh, 9,900 then he go, goes on to say uh, there won't be an alternate account he's uh, taking flying into the catch fence at Daytona and Talladega on the chin I like that last part kudos for not doing the alt account <laughs> exactly that's getting it the hard way man because you're factoring all those races like Daytona and Talladega when you know it doesn't matter how fast you are. You can still get, um, get a really poor finish and still hit that 10 K rating. Yeah. There's a comment further down on that Twitter post. And it's, uh, it says basically first non late model farmer to reach 10 K. So I, I thought that was kind of cool. A little jab. It is a jab. I mean, cause right. Well, you got to admit, you know, Casey Kerwin races everything oval. Uh, there's no doubt. Okay. So you'll see him in a opens and that kind of thing. 
Yeah, I dig it. He's also doing, you know, he does well on road, the road series as well. So good for him. It's exciting. Uh, these people keep climbing. You know, most of us will never get that high, but it is what it is. So, so that wasn't a jab at Ty Majeski then, right? It was a, all, it was a jab. Models. <laughs> it was, it was most likely a jab at the farmers in general. But hey, if that's what yeah. they like doing, I mean, when I was thinking of that comment specifically about them farming for the ten thousand or whatever, I mean, do they just want to see ten thousand next to their name for the I rating, or are they just on there racing what they like and what they're good at? Because if honestly, if I found a series that I could win at consistently, I'd probably run it more often. Well. And I think when you get that close to 10,000, you, because you're at the upper end of the IR spectrum, you almost have to win to gain I rating. Like if you even finish, I think, fifth or worse, you, I don't think you gain because you're the top I rating. So you really have to do well just to inch it up a little bit. Yeah, there's also a comment in, the, in that, that Twitter post saying, now you have to win every race to keep it. So. Echoing that's what, what I'm there. trying to say, yeah. right? It's almost impossible to keep it because if you just have a few bad races, boom, it's gone, you know, hundreds and hundreds all at once. Well, it makes sense. It, it said it took him five months to get that last hundred points. I mean, heck man, we can do that in a couple races. Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying is like, he, and he probably had a lot of wins, but he doesn't get very many I rating for it because he, he's at the top of the food chain. So he's just chipping away at it. Just a few I rating at a time. All right, Justin, how about screen to speed at Vegas? Yeah, the all-female screen to speed sponsored by Pennzoil made its way to Las Vegas Motor Speedway, and it's got Mari Takashi, if I pronounced that right, and it's saying, she's got a tweet saying that she's on site at Las Vegas uh, Motor Speedway for an all-women's iRacing event. And it looks like they got probably six to eight sims set up and they're all being raced on. And then she got a couple of tickets. Ten, actually, I counted um, in, in the second picture. Um, if you open the post, you can go through the pictures. This is pretty cool. Remember, we've been talking about this for a few months, guys. It was in Time Attack. If you go to Time Attack, there's a Pennzoil banner. You run your uh, laps in the um, A car, in the next gen car, and and there were some other cars. I think you had to run as well, but it was open to women only. And so uh, this is the uh, uh, the finale where they all met in Vegas. I assume they got hotel rooms and everything. And uh, yeah, check out these rigs. They're they're not too bad of a setup actually. All triple monitors, eighty twenty profile. Uh, perhaps Fanatec uh, DD1 or DD2. Yeah, a lady from uh, Ireland won a Sorissi Fitzpatrick. I remember them walking her across the stage at the beginning of would have been Sunday's race. Um, so she won. I don't know exactly what the event was or what, what they ran, but she was the winner of the event. And I don't know where that's going to take her, if that's going to get her onto a real, real track somewhere or, or not. Cool. Well, uh, Mackenzie, you might as well take this I rating story as well. Yeah, so um, we have the the second I racer to ever reach eleven hundred or eleven thousand uh, I rating in a road series. So Sven Oli Haas, he uh, he says it has been a long time since his last tweet, but never say never. 
After a long journey, we made it happen. Second ever driver to reach 11,000 road I rating. Been proud of everyone who has been on my side during this journey. Relax now. And then he's got a, a few sponsors listed there and uh, a picture of him doing a donut in the Lamborghini after a win. Oh, 11,000. How do you get to that? That's, that's even harder, right? Um, I'm not sure if it's harder in in road because I think there's a lot higher participation. So I think I think it's uh, easier to get it in road. Not easy, but a little easier in relation to oval. There's more people, right? So the the, right. the, the ceiling is higher, right? And concept price still applies. Just find the series you're good in and yeah, keep running it. Well, um, I, I, he's not in like a, he's not a Porsche driver or anything like that. So, um, you know, he's not in like these top series. So he must just be like doing um, host or uh, official racing. He's in a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or something there. He's probably GT3 driver. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to take this one. We got a NIS wrap. Jacob Klein posted when he was in an NIS race under caution. He decided to have some fun with chat GPT to have it create a NIS chat GPT wrap. And so here's the conversation. So I'm going to read parts of it just to give you a, an idea or a flavor of what it says, but I'm not going to read all of it. Verse one, NIS, the iRacing sensation, a simulation that's got everyone racing with the next gen car. It's treacherous and fast. A challenge for drivers, it's a true test. Verse two, the competition is fierce. The drivers all fight. For that top spot, they'll do anything to get it right. With high speeds and tight turns, it's thrilling to watch. The slightest mistake can lead to a crash. And it goes on and on and on. <laughs> the rhyming was a little weak in that one, actually. Yeah, I don't know if it's supposed to rhyme, but uh, it is supposed to be like verses, lyrics. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the, the the last one though I want to read because it's it's kind of it's a little bit more funny. He 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 did a couple of edits. He said, "Okay, make this change and make this change." So he said, "Write one more verse so that a six year old would make sense of it." NIS is like a big race car game where the drivers race to win the fame. They drive super fast and try to be fast, but they have to be careful or they might crash and burst. On pit road, they stop and fix the car, but they have to be quick or they won't get far. One driver's car got ran over. Oh, no. They had to go home. Their race was a no-go. But don't worry, because in IS, there's always another chance for success. The driver will come back with a better car, ready to go fast and go far. Nice. You read that more of a soliloquy, not quite a, a rap. We need to get a we need to get a beat track in the background next time. Is it, I could I could post record that and actually do some live beatboxing. There you go, Dave. Make a make a whole track of that whole uh, conversation. Hi, Brian. We got some teasers put out throughout the week. Quick hit. Yeah. So uh, you know these are uh, based on all the new content. We had a Formula Ford. At the at the new track, um, the um, late models was a, a, a um, YouTube video from iRacing showing the the new late model, and um, you know the uh, and the yeah the the circuit day Yerez, Dave, you probably you help me out that you're the linguist here. Hareth, Hareth. There you go. I'm way off, 
but yeah, so uh, these are just uh, introduction videos. We've seen them before from iRacing when they do these on YouTube. They're always really high quality, um, excellent videos as always. Um, and just give you a little bit more introduction and seeing these cars on track. Um, so yeah, cool stuff again. You know, regarding the Formula Ford, it does have the Ford engine. I was looking up the info on it, but for the gearbox, I was watching the in in the cockpit view of this thing, and there's no paddles on the back side of the wheel, and it does have a shifter mounted to the right. You can see, so it looks like it's going to be a uh, regular. I don't know if it's sequential or not, but um. No it's paddles a, on the column. It's H pattern. I, I tested it uh, yesterday. H pattern. Yeah, it's an H pattern shifter. You can whip out the old H pattern, everybody. That's why you need one. There you go. That's exciting. Yeah, I did. Uh, like I said, I tested it out, um, and uh, it, it it felt a lot like the uh, v formula v just more horsepower so you got a little bit more high speeds but it felt like the grip was about the same you know especially on cold tires the v the formula v and this one were both the same i, I just did a bunch of practice laps uh and um and i you know early in the race i tended to want to spin out really easy as a before the tires heat up and it was the same thing that i used to happen when i was uh when i was racing the formula v I'm excited to paint that late model stock, hopefully maybe this weekend, but uh, I keep hearing there's a lot of grip within that car, and my, but I'm hearing a lot of good things about it as well, that it's a lot of fun to drive and, and you can race it really well. So give that one a go as well. Yeah, I did. I did test that one too. I tested that when they had some practice sessions at Hickory, and it does have a lot of grip. It, it's and it's and it's beat. It's got a good lot of lot of motor on it. You know, um, coming off those real sharp turns on those short tracks, uh, it's got a good sound. The sound of the motor is really a, a really has a good growl to it. And uh, yeah, I, I liked it. It's I, I tested it and it, it made me tempt. It tempted me to do some some racing in it because I, I it was a lot of fun. This is going to prompt me to jump ahead on the script to the next story. Late model stock. Is it broken or is it super grip? And um, we actually had listener Ryan Carwile in uh, ask Landon Huffman who actually is a late model driver. Uh, he saw Landon in a practice on this new car. Um, and he asked him, are the cars way too gripped up, right? And Landon replied, yes, bad. I also saw a different post in the forums about this where Eric Hudek from the staff said, they're aware that the grip is too high. They're already making adjustments and have knocked a full second off of the lap times at Hickory already. Uh, on the adjustments for the patch. And that patch comes out, was that today or tomorrow? Well, we had one today, but I don't think it included those changes. Um, so maybe a future patch. Also, teammate, or excuse me, former teammate Adam Jocelyn uh, posted up on the Twitter that he tried the car, and he called it the, the late model stuck car. Ha, ha, ha car nice <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure they'll get it figured out and move along from there yeah if it gets loosened up a bit um it'll it'll definitely make a big impact on those lap times because when i was going around hickory it, it was tight it was tight because you you could you could drive it in as hard as you want and it still wouldn't rotate now now this makes me think again on 
quality over quantity when it comes to these releases. Um, would it be difficult to have somebody test this car that knows what they're doing prior to releasing oh, it to the public? Dale Earnhardt Jr. was testing the car. We covered that last week. I mean, good this gosh, week. like, why is it this off? Well, Nick Nebon did a video, and he he tried it, uh, like, at Charlotte and some other places, and uh, his comment was, man, this was like an indie car in the corners. It's got so much grip. It's like too much grip. Yeah, and maybe just maybe have a Landon Huffman. He's pretty engaging on social media. Maybe maybe just throw some dollars at some of these these actual drivers to have them test this car out or any car in general before they release it because it just I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's very complicated. Like if they could just They've easily fix it. Yeah, they need to do it for every car they release. Right, like no, when they did the rally cars, they would get, you know, Travis Pastrana, you know, people like that to test it. And, you know, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, you would think they would have brought in people. Well, Ch Christian Chandler, that's one of his main jobs is is testing and balancing the cars, especially on the sports car side. Yeah. Right. Obviously, it's going to be hard to get every level of motorsport out there. But, I, I mean, at this day and age when you could probably just send a file to somebody and say, hey, run this, tell us what you think. Is it is it is it far off? Is it is it close? And I don't know. Let's switch gears to Porsche weekend. And first they had the all-star race. And it was crazy. It's at Long Beach of all places. And with these all-stars, it was pretty comical uh, watching them try to get through the track without wrecking. Uh, we had a replay here from Casey Kerwin and Matt Malone. Uh, what do you guys think? It actually looks kind of fun. Who got turned in front of Matt Malone there in his video? Uh, some poor sap, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, he got the worst of it for sure. Matt was able to keep going. Yeah, he yells out Dave. I don't know if it was Dave that uh, Cam that got turned in front of him, but looks like they're having fun for what it's worth. I mean, he he didn't even go like 20 feet, and the guy turned across his nose. It says they're onto the uh, yeah, GT4s like for the uh, following week in Coda. Are, are they still going to use Porsche, though? Obviously, Porsche, and they just run the GT4 platform. Okay. Yes, that's right. They, they, they do um, two more different, three more different cars. They do four different cars throughout this season, and they actually finished the last three or four races in the Mission electric car. So that's, that's where they're ending uh, that all-star race. I need to do a better job, maybe set a reminder on my calendar, because I remember watching this last year and enjoying it, but I just can't remember these days on really anything to watch. Um, but this series is always fun, obviously the Coke series that we follow, but I need to do a better job at watching these when they happen. So, yeah, and then Brian, Brian, the pros ran as well. Yeah, they did. Um, and uh, the winner of the race was Sebastian Job. He's finally he finally had a good early season race where he didn't get run into too much trouble. Um, uh, second was Charlie Collins. Jordan Caruso was third. And uh, this race was again at Long Beach with these cars and what all that's on the line for this series was interesting to say the least. Uh, the hairpin turn was really tough. A couple of times they had the stack ups at the hairpins and uh, yeah, it was not well received by all the drivers. And, uh, there's a familiar name, Brian, Diego Pinto in third in points. 
Sure is. Diego Pinto's third in points. Uh, Caruso, Jordan Caruso's in second. Charlie Collins is in first. Sebastian Jobs actually tied with Diego. Um, I guess he's got a tiebreaker, but they have the same amount of points for third. Um, Pinto is the uh, returning champion in the series. Uh, Job won it a few years ago. So, um, yeah, so it's good to see uh, Sebastian get backed up up there, um, getting a good finish. And uh, did you see who finished 10th in that race? That would be uh, one Bobby Zielinski, Coke driver, finished 10th. Good job for Bobby. Uh, again, these are Bobby, one of the better all around racers in the sim. Um, so uh, not surprised, but I'm always awed by his talent for sure. I'm going to go back to the all-star race real quick, guys. Um, there was a couple fun things. Uh, it was fun to watch. I watched the all-star race and it was a blast. Um, uh, Casey, Casey, uh, Kerwin, uh, finished, uh, second in the first race and, and third in the second. And, uh, in both races, he, um, he was side by side in that final hairpin turn to try to try, try to get the win and uh, didn't pull it off on either of them. Um, I forgot the guy's name, but he was a, he's actually a GT driver. He was a German German driver who actually won that race. I think he's a Porsche Porsche driver. Um, so really good race there, but to bury the lead, the winner of the second all-star race, Dave Cam. Congratulations to Dave Cam on a win in the all-star race. That was awesome because he actually, um, he, he got involved in the wreck in the first race. So he started uh, up front in the second and uh, made his way to the front and uh, had a decent lead. And then uh, Irwin and the, the Porsche driver were just running him down with like two laps to go. They were right on Dave's tail and, uh, and he was able to keep them behind him. It was all legit. He didn't do any kind of crazy moves or blocks and had a great last two rap laps to uh, keep those guys behind him and get a win in the all-star race. Congratulations, Dave can um, post race. One of the drivers, Kevin Ellis jr. Posted what a sad display it was today. Tracks like long beach don't appear or don't belong in a series like PESC with how the series is structured and how car contacts are dealt with. Feel bad for the drivers on iRacing's premier road series should look better than it did today. Even as a spectator, I was getting spotter calls two or three times a lap saying, you've knocked your wheels out of alignment, even though we weren't touching the wall. That combined with the smoke coming off the cars, every lap when close to a wall made for sad viewing. Did you notice any of that, Brian, like the smoke coming off the wall uh, every lap and that kind of thing? Yeah, I sure did. And, um, you know, it's one of those things when you're watching a race and you see smoke, your eyes like gets drawn directly to the smoke all the time because you think something's crazy happened. But it wasn't. It was just the cars, especially coming off the hairpin as they exited and they got close to the wall, a giant puff of smoke would pop up whether they hit the wall or not. It was kind of weird. But yeah, street street courses in general are difficult races to do. You know, there's no room. The track gets blocked. Uh, there's hairpin turns. Street roads are street courses are really tough. And even these top top drivers, man, they they struggled when they were um, pushing as hard as they were on this course. So let's put a stock car there. Yeah, it really. Hey, they're not making that hairpin. Has anybody tried running running the A car at Long Beach? No, but maybe no. A, a handbrake installed it might get around that corner. I might, I might go try that just for giggles. Um, I have run the cup. I have actually run the, the old Gen Six, I guess, 
at uh, at Le Mans, and that's not too terrible because most of those corners are pretty wide open. Or I mean, there's wide as far as how wide the road is and such. Well, well, we'll get to see the real next gen cars at a street course. It's just Chicago instead of Long Beach this year. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Right. When I, when I referenced it. All right. Speaking of the car that shall not be named, at least by its old name, um, Greg West has posted a season for 2002 or to the 23 season two Irish schedule for open and fixed setups for the IR 18 series. All right. So y- y'all know what that car used to be called, right? We, we shall not name it or like lightning will come down and strike us from, from some lawyer somewhere. Uh, but th- there, I did get a chance while y'all were talking over the Porsche Cup to glance down through the forums. Um, they had to put this schedule together themselves instead of going through the usual community involvement. And there was a lot of sour grapes in the post. But this is some, uh, you know, they did what they, they had to do in this current situation and couldn't really in- go the same route as they usually do. Um, though... Uh, Greg West did reply a couple times. One of the guys replied to him and said, you know, I kind of, I, I understand that y'all were acting in good faith. Then he goes and turns around and asks all the follow-up questions that we haven't heard. Basically, are, is what's going to change? Is there, is the discussions over? What is it going to look like for the next year, two, three, four? Um, you know, basically because they said, Hey, we're working on things. And that was the last we heard. Right. Um, he didn't answer that, though. So, yeah, look what's on the schedule for Memorial Day weekend that week. Uh, spa looks like. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I was just taking a glance over at the special series uh, list, and obviously the the Indiana Car iRacing series is no more. They don't even have it as a as a placeholder anymore. But um, yes, I mean, like you were mentioning, Dave, they nobody in the forum seemed to like it. Maybe a couple people liked it, but. It's just uh, this is the U.S. or North American Open Wheel Series, and five of the twelve weeks are spent overseas. So I don't know. It's like you know, it's an IndyCar, you know, series. I'll say the word IndyCar, and but the, when you look at the tracks, these aren't IndyCar tracks, really. You know, uh, there's there's Milwaukee. You know, that's a kind of an IndyCar track, or it used to be, or whatever, but. The rest of them, no. And so, yeah, I don't. I'm not a big fan. I mean, the whole idea is you want to run the IndyCar on the IndyCar tracks, and obviously, you know, they're forbidden at doing that. So they just built this schedule to be completely opposite that. It's such a shame. So, base man. So essentially, I, I'm curious what the participation is now with it, but it's uh, Kill it. killed it more than I thought it would, to be honest. I thought they would still sneak in some of this stuff, but apparently they're, they're uh, holding true to their, what they probably have to do. So it's a shame. That sucks. Auto club looks interesting though. I'm looking at that one. I might put that one on the calendar. All right. Late model stock. We were just talking about this a little bit earlier. Weren't we broken or super? Yeah, that, skip that one. We already did it. Okay. So the next one we got is Simdi car which is the new uh, Delara IO01 package. We've already talked about this, and this is a clever uh, acronym, SIMD. I like it. Isn't that nice? Yeah. It might catch on. 
Nick Nebon did some videos. I mean, I got to give a shout out for Nick. I mean, when the content is released in iRacing, he has two, three, four videos out the same day uh, showing that content. So before you even get home from work, I mean, you can go, you can see what's going on and he talks about it. But I mean, the first thing he did was get out on Texas to try to recreate the, the cart debacle at Texas where they uh, blacked out from too many G forces. And based on the times he was getting, it looks like, uh, yeah, he indeed would be blacking out if this was the real car. Uh, he ran the car at a few other tracks, I think as well. Uh, to try to get some baseline, like even the uh, short track like Dover, uh, boy, it really looked fun at Dover. I think it's got Bristol as well. If they come yeah, out, was, uh, sorry, Brian, go ahead. I was just saying uh, when I was practicing with this at Texas, I was running laps in the 22 seconds. Wow. If they come out and uh, make a schedule adjustment and bring in the whatever, Indiana 500 with this car, are you guys going to run it or would it not be the same? Yeah, maybe if everyone else does. I mean, that's the thing. I'm all about big participation, big events. But man, if everyone did it, yeah, why not? After having the benefit of Richie Hearn doing my setup for an Indy 500 and winning that one, and then him kind of going away the next year uh, and not having that support, I, I, it's uh, it's it's kind of hard to get back in the car. Now. It might be fun, like as a protest race, you know, like that one guy did with the Daytona 500 when he ran it as a protest. Um, so yeah, let's let's get it, SimD 500. Let's go. Yeah, maybe. Uh, of course, I'm sure there'll be somebody who puts up a hosted or league or something like that. But uh, you know, I'd still like to see official. But I know they don't want to get sued. All right, I got this one. This is the big story, guys. Out of all the stuff going on this week. We have not talked about the big story. Can you believe it? So what happened was the build came out Tuesday, and by Tuesday night, we're hearing word of mouth through the community, hey, go try the ARCA car. Well, guess what? I mean, the ARCA car wasn't in the release notes, okay? But apparently something's changed. Uh, we even heard it in our uh, iRacers Lounge Discord. One of our listeners said, hey, go try it. Long story short, iRacing has mistakenly, according to Greg West, removed the limiter on the ARCA car, causing the engine to go from a high of around 7,000 RPM up to 9,700 RPM. Word spread quickly and hosted races popped up organically. And I kind of tried to follow this on social media, and I have a, uh, a link, I have a dozen links here of people who uh, are trying it, putting up videos on Twitter, um, you know, describing how awesome it is. Um, basically, it felt like NASCAR Gen 4 because without the limiter, there's like 900 horsepower or something. It, it's got some crazy power. We heard from um, all kinds of people in the community about Hey, iRacing, this is awesome. Please don't revert it. Please keep the change. And lots of positive communication, too. I, and, and, you know, like Ben Bafford, for example, he, here's what he posted. iRacing, we're begging you not to touch this car. You have to drive the damn thing. This is one of our last hopes for a car that's enjoyable to drive. 
start to finish. This is the stuff we signed up for, not the bullshit we drive today. I like it. Not to, not that it matters, but if it's a mistake or not, but they got to keep it. And it sounds like they are. Um, I don't know if that was today or yesterday that they announced they're going to keep it and they're going to have two different setups for it. So when you enter a class D Arca series race, it's going to revert back to the normal Arca specs. And then they'll have a, that separate series. And then um, with the, with the gen four horsepower. Yeah. So basically, like I said, I was not, I was, I was trying to capture what everyone was saying. I didn't find anything negative at all. Um, it was perhaps the most interesting and genuine enthusiasm I've ever seen for a new car in iRacing since I've been here. Um, I think it has to do a lot with the nostalgia of really good racing from the back in the day when, you know, at a mile and a half, you're going 190 down the straight, but in the corners, you're doing 160. And a lot of the community, I think, is really like, whoa, I mean, this is what we're missing in NASCAR. So it's not really just about the car is so cool. It's about, wow, this really brings us back to how NASCAR should be, you know, and that kind of thing. So I think that was a big part of the enthusiasm about uh, how this car was driving on Tuesday night. A couple of quotes, uh, Mike Conti said, in my 14 years of being on the sim, I've never seen the community so unified and genuine, genuinely excited. It's an incredible contrast to the norm, and I love it. Best mistake ever. And then Kevin King, he said, one thing on the Arcus car stuff it did show was how the community can be positive. We need more of that and less negativity. I enjoyed reading and watching people's excitement driving the car, which is a very nice change from the seeming norm. Let's try to do more of it. But like you said, the next day, uh, Donnie, Greg Hill uh, gave confirmation on Twitter that, hey, we hear you guys and we're going to get this. And then it wasn't long after that iRacing put out the uh, official announcement that they're going to bring out Gen 4 Cup starting next week. It's too bad can't, we can't get NASCAR to do the same thing. So uh, tr details are trickling out. Uh, race links for the next Gen 4 Cup Series, it'll be fixed. It's going to match the race links for the C Open. Um, so 80 laps on a mile and a half, 60 on uh, like an auto club. Um, and so the idea is maybe get some green flag runs. Um, I'm sorry, Mike, I might admit, is it going to be a C-class car? Yeah, so then if you scroll down, there's some more information here. It will debut a new series at the Class C license level called Gen 4 Cup Fixed. Um, look, now, the other, they also said, moving forward, we're looking to update the iRacing ARCA car to a modern version, as well as update the Gen 4 car in the future to our current standards. I like it. So now we have a... Uh an 87 series now we're going to get a, a gen 4 series uh it's interesting i don't think it's going to take away from in participation in anything like nis or anything like that but uh i don't know mike are you know how much of this are you going to run it's fixed so we don't have to worry about tweaking nothing we just hop in the car and drive yeah i'm definitely going to run it um you know it's it's going to be an hourly kind of series so you can pick a day so i'll probably run it on mondays or tuesdays um maybe Thursday nights or something like that. 
when I usually don't run. But uh, the schedule has been announced as well. We got Homestead, Richmond, Charlotte, Bristol, Daytona, California, Dover, Atlanta, the old Atlanta, uh, Talladega, Nashville, Darlington, and old Texas. And there's a second story today where you get to say, don't get rid of your age patterns. <laughs> good point. That is a good point. So I jumped in this car and, and ran it at Michigan. Um, I ran it at Charlotte. And my initial reaction is this is just like the Gen 5 car. Now, I'm used to running hosted Chris McGuire Gen 5 at Talladega. And this feels very, very much like that. And why? It's the horsepower. It's not the, the car underneath it. It's the engine, man. And man, it just feels so fun to drive a car with that much power. Now, if this becomes a mainstay, I wonder if they'll give us the Ford and Dodge bodies. Well, obviously, they're going to take the existing ARCA car and just put no limiter on it and start a series Monday. But like I said a moment ago, they're going to scan a car and and do it proper, you know, in the future. But that's a good point, Donnie. Are we going to get different makes? I like it. And what year is this Gen 4? I mean, what's the technically, is that 2004? It's the early 2000s. I think it might have started when Ford went to the Thunderbird, maybe. I'm not sure. But definitely late 90s into the 2000s before the car the tomorrow. So a couple of things to follow up. I think initially when people found this Tuesday night, the concern was, oh man, iRacing's gonna change it. They're gonna fix it. They're gonna put the limiter back on it on the next patch and it's gonna be gone. And so it was really neat to see how organically people were jumping in and let's go race this thing now before it's completely gone forever. Like we're only gonna get one day to race this thing. And, and people were racing it like that. In fact, Donnie, I think you said your son, you, you, had, you caught your son racing this thing that day. Well, yeah, he's, he's who I heard it from. I was actually driving through the desert on Tuesday night. He calls me and he, he's super excited. And then later I find out he's in that Nick Neiman video. Uh, just randomly, I happen to be watching it and I see his name and he's the car in the very beginning that just darts off, off the track because he spun his tires on the start somehow. But, uh, but yeah, no, he's, uh, he's enjoying it. A lot of horsepower. You can spin your tires now. Look, if you haven't driven a car with that much power, like the Gen 5, uh, yeah, you're, you're going to be in for a treat. I, I can't tell our listeners enough. Drop what you're doing. Run this series starting Monday. Okay? It'll, you'll, you'll, you'll thank me later. This kind of this kind of reminds me a little bit of when they did Mount Washington and everybody started doing the soapbox and then iRacing's like, hey, everybody's having a good time with soapbox. Let's make it an actual race. And they actually modified uh, setups and stuff to do it. Yeah, kudos to iRacing for playing along with the community, uh, for accepting what we're asking for. Um, they could have been hard nosed on this. You know what? We don't have a Gen Four car. You know, this is an Arca car. You know, maybe we'll scan one in the future. Uh, we're going to put it back the way it was. They didn't do that. They did. They could have done that. Um, but kudos to everybody over there for recognizing this was a moment in the community. It was really a moment for the oval community coming together, 
everyone in agreement, like nobody out of agreement on this at all. And every, and again, everything was so positive, which is so rare because we're usually tearing everyone down. Here's a question for you though, guys. Um, if this, if this, didn't resemble a car that actually existed, the uh, the Gen 4 car, would they have kept it? So if they made a modification on a rally car or something like that by mistake, and would they, and everybody liked it, but it didn't resemble anything in real life, would they have kept that? Yeah, probably not. But this is the, this car, the Arca is a twisted sister car, right? The, the frames are twisted, you know, cockeyed, you know, they're crab walking or whatever you want to call it. I think the Gen 4 were not that type of car. I think the Gen 4 were, you know, they weren't cockeyed. Yeah, so Gen 4 was, I looked it up, 1992, so it incorporated the early 90s all the way to 2000. So the Gen 4 was a part of the Twisted Sister era. The Twisted Sister era started, I want to say, early 2000s and then to its demise. And I think a part of the safety reasons, but I think that's what uh, NASCAR wanted to get away from. Uh, was all that body work, and then that's when they went to the car tomorrow for safety reasons. And I think um, to five. get the cars, yeah, Gen Five, right? So, uh, yeah, it lasted longer. It was a longer generation than I thought it was. So it incorporated uh, both the Thunderbird and the Taurus, the uh, Lumina, the Monte Carlo, the Grand Prix. Let's get that body out there as well. Um, so, so that so that means the car is true to form. It really is a Gen Four that, car. Exactly. It could be a Gen yep. Four car. Yep. So we were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, the fact that there's no racing in Indiana anymore. Um, and the same guys that uh, are involved in that have now dropped the servers for NASCAR heat. So we have a tweet from Alan Bailey, and that's basically that Motorsports Games has shut down all of its NASCAR heat servers. Yeah, I think there's a NASCAR ignition that came out after heat. So maybe these are just older servers. Maybe they're not getting a lot of action. Well, if you look at some of the replies, uh, Alan did get a uh, retweet, a update from the company that actually said this online multiplayer issues. Our team is aware of service issues that may be impacting your experience. We're working on getting you back on track as soon as possible. Uh, some of the comments are great. What an awesome company. Wouldn't you this love to be a sanctioning body and do business with somebody like this? Man, let's, where do we sign up? Now, I'm not afraid to get on Twitter and, and, and tweet Jay Fry, the director of IndyCar, about this decision, and I've done it before. So, uh, yeah, Jay Fry, look him up. He used to be uh, in NASCAR for a long time, but he's running IndyCar over there. All right, this one has to be yours, Donnie. Take it over. Yeah, LA Rush Hour. What do you get when you have a 60-car field and a new Renault car at the LA Coliseum? Nick Nebon found out, uh, essentially, it's LA Rush Hour traffic. That's a whole lot of cars on that. Uh, well, there are tiny little two-door hatchbacks, so I guess you could fit them around there. But obviously, what uh, occurred from this was uh, mayhem. LA traffic, pretty much in a nutshell. Yeah, I watched this video. It was funny. Um, so when they line up to start the race, he 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 didn't qualify, so he started in last place. And uh, as they're starting the race, the the uh, the lead car was like a you know just a couple, just a little bit behind him as he was at the tail end of the tail end of the lap. So, and when they um, 
you know, when they take off to uh, start their pace lap, he actually was getting passed uh, by, by the pace car uh, and finally caught back up. And then once the race started, it was a, it was a disaster. It was crazy. I loved it when they, they got wrecked or whatever, and they all just stop. And he's like waiting to try to see if he can inch his way through. And like some of them will like tow and escape out and then he'll have a path to get through. And it looks like fun. I mean, it, what a great idea to try, you know, just for, just for kicks. Yeah. For a track that small, you'll want something sm uh, slower that you can actually navigate around the corner decently. But sitting in the stands at this year at that race, I'm thinking, why didn't they bring any kind of support series in? To, to run on the track before the, the cup race. But um, something like this, as goofy as the Clio cup would be on a, on an oval like this, it would be fun to watch. It'd be like County fair stuff. Even What's like a, like a demo derby kind of thing, you know, like just get junk cars out there running around or something. Yes. Tree stock. Lemons. Um, how much is the footprint on a, on this car? How much, how much does it compare to a Mazda? How many Mazdas could you fit on there? It's got to be relatively close. I think you can do 60 Mazas on there. Is this a road racing car? Yes. Yeah, but sometimes can you can have the funnest oval races with, with a production car, like the Jetta, which I think this is replacing the Jetta. Uh, we used to have a, a blast and hosted running the Jetta at Vegas on the oval. It was great. All right, McKenzie, this next track might need a catch fence. Yeah, yeah, it probably would. So uh, this is a uh, historic racetrack aerials. They uh, tweeted it's a bush-like clash at the Fiat factory roof track. So it's just a short oval track on top of a roof. I would say it would need a catch fence. Top of a roof of a building. Holy cow. You're not kidding. Yeah, I, f I saw this tweet earlier in the week just on my own, and I, I scrolled right past it thinking it was some kind of Photoshop monstrosity but ah, apparently it's real there's even banking in the corners if you look in between like in the what would be the infield there's actually like a 10-story building <laughs> um and and we're in the center and then kind of around it, it's just like empty space like like you said if you drove off track uh, you better hang on yeah it does look like the wall is actually pretty tall in the corners that's it, yeah, it looks, looks like, like it Looks like it has some pretty long straightaways and some pretty tight corners there too. Yeah, kind of looks like if you if you had to take Martinsville, bank the corners, and double or triple the straightaway. That'd be horrifying. So and put them like fifty feet, sixty feet in the air. Martinsville and the and the Coke Speedway got together and had a kid. So this is the Fiat Fiat factory roof track. So you make cars and you need to test them. So we need to figure out where we're going to test them. We don't want to have to haul the cars out of the factory to test them. Oh, we'll just put a, a track on our roof. What a great idea. Yeah, we have a couple, they call them testing grounds for Honda is out here in Hyundai. They're out in the middle of the desert and they have big giant three mile ovals and road courses and whatnot. So, but to Mike's point, they have to bring the cars out here to test them. I wonder if that's OSHA approved. Maybe just install some nets. Well, we were excited last week to hear that 
especially me, that I can still keep using the uh, website to register for races. But uh, Mike, what do you think about the changes to the uh, beta UI? I guess we already, y'all covered this a little bit while I was still heading in, didn't you? We did. We got a poll, though, on the forums, and uh, there's 140 votes so far. 79% love it, 20% I hate it. I think I told you guys what I thought. A lot of blank space that's really not necessary. I mean, look at the screenshot um, in the forum post here, and look at all the black space above the, the main window. I just don't understand that. Like, Didn't we talk about what they can use that blank space for a few weeks back, advertising their special events? Yeah. I just want results to work. I want to look up stats and to see what I run in my division. I want it to actually pull the stats. I'm still getting uh, failure to fetch if I look them up a certain way. I just um, got failure to fetch just now. This see? box, the yeah, UI is failure awesome. Failure to fetch. I mean, come on. Maybe there's a switch they hit at the shop, and when it hits 5 p.m. East Coast time, it shuts off. Who knows? All right, Justin, how many times do you get to be the number one car when you when you hop in an official? Not very often yet. <laughs> but I race I racing rage post eclipse from an A cup race with drivers with big differences of opinion. And it looks like it's a video and it's just a bunch of guys bickering. It's quite funny. I was entertained by this. That's why I put it on the script. I, I told the guy, uh, his channel is called Racing with Rob. He only has 272 subscribers, but he has a great uh, video here where he basically shows, you know, highlights of his race at Rockingham in the in the cup car. But the guy, there's one guy that's on the chat that just kind of rubs everybody the wrong way. And, and, uh, he kind of highlights this guy and what he says. Um, and at the end, you know, calling each other out, uh, you know, one, one guy turned him at the end and he's calling him an idiot, you know, and those kind of things. Yeah. This was they a great example, great example of why I mute my chat, except for super speedways. Uh, just listening to the video, watching the video is giving me anxiety. Like I just can't, ah, we're grown men. We don't need to, I mean, he literally all race was just bitching and complaining and moaning and groaning and just like, find something in life that makes you happy. Uh, but I, I tend to find that entertaining. I found it entertaining not me, too. And not I me. think a lot of people do on iRacing. I think a lot of people enjoy the kind of banter that goes on in some of these races, you know? And I know I do. And, and that's what this was. Yeah, and if you do it in our split, other people will, that aren't even involved will start to stoke the fire. They'll just try to rile somebody up. It works sometimes, too. They've gotten in my head a few times. What about you guys, Justin, McKenzie? Uh, what do you guys think about these kind of banter on the radio? I really don't mind it. I kind of agree with Dave. You know, it, it's really quite entertaining. <laughs> it, it makes me chuckle sometimes. Yeah, I think the same. I think it's pretty pretty entertaining to to listen to them fight back and forth and have totally different opinions on what happened. I like when somebody calls another guy out on the track and 
blaming each other when you only have one perspective at the time and that's out your front windshield and you have no idea what actually happened but yet you're going to call this guy out and blame him and then they don't even want to take responsibility once the replays you know viewed that oh you know what it was my was my fault i'm sorry but they just demand that apology right away when who knows who was at fault at the time it makes you appreciate the races that are you know everybody's getting along and you know having a good time Okay, let's wrap it up with one more thing. We have a post. The preliminary schedule is out for season two. I've opened it up and took a look first at the IMSA series because that's always when I'm curious. They're going to Long Beach. That, that will be interesting. Any other surprises? I see the only one I've glanced at. Have you all taken any looks? I'm doing it right now. I'll probably run the IR04 again um, at tracks I own. Um, trying to get used to that car still i definitely going to do the new gen 4 cup um as well um and I'll, that'll probably be the extent of what i do besides nis i just took a glance at the uh european sprint series too and it's running tracks it's running a lot of regular tracks oh but it is running uh Gilles Veneux. i'll definitely enjoy running that one so the formula ford Looks like it's definitely going to be overseas. It's uh, Brands Hatch, which is a fun turn one, is on there. The new Jerez or Jerez is on there as well. And your typical uh, free tracks are on as well. I'm generally not worried about looking up at the uh, ACAR schedule, obviously, because we just know that's going to follow pretty closely to NIS, except for, I, except for off weeks. Yeah. The GT4s will be at uh, the Charlotte Roval week one. That's interesting. Hey, podcast housekeeping. Leave us a review of your favorite podcast platform to make it easier for more listeners to find us. Mention the podcast to your fellow drivers so they don't miss out. We do appreciate it. Join the Discord. You're going to hear stuff every day about what's going on in this community. And our website is iRacersLounge.com, where you can see the script and actually see everything we're looking at. Don't forget, we're in regular rotation at the Performance Motorsports Network. All right. Well, NASCAR was at Las Vegas last week. And Brian, we have our fantasy update. Yes, sir. Las Vegas, uh, not great, great racing. Uh on the track. Um, but, and, and another thing about Las Vegas was there wasn't really any, uh, any crashes that knocked people out that would have cost people points. The only really noticeable one was Joey Logano getting kind of wrecked out, which means that, uh, there was opportunity for some big points and sure enough, Shane 70, 72, 72, 72, uh, took first place for the week with a whopper of a 271 point race, man. That's big points. Uh, trick Dickel was second silver Mustang finished third. Um, Aaron, Tony Grove finished fourth for the week, uh, tied with North South racing. And, uh, I finished right behind him within sixth place, my best finish of the year and probably the best finish in two years. Overall in the racing, Shane 7272 takes the lead. Again, big points from this past week. Silver Mustangs in second and third and, and uh, Mason Racing is in third place in the points. Well, I'm fifty-seventh this week. I mean, I really bombed it. <laughs> Justin, you're fifty-third. You bombed it too. What this is my first year doing 
this, uh, the fantasy NASCAR. What is some general advice? Kurt Busch. Drivers. Well, another th- it's it's a big deal to watch the races. So I was actually able to watch the races Sunday. I typically don't watch them live. I had Joey Logano in my in my top five, and when he wrecked so out, did I. and when he wrecked out, I was able to make the change and bring in Christopher Bell. And, you know, that saved me tons of points right there. So be, keeping up on the race, even if you're not watching it, is a big deal. So, uh, you know, at the age, end of the second stage, you can make any adjustments. Uh, that, that's a big deal. I, I, I finished sixth. I wouldn't have been in the top 20 probably if I kept Logano. The, the pick yeah, between I'm, the two I'm drivers. Definitely, I was going to say, Donnie, I definitely am not switching drivers out in the mid-race. So, yeah, that's what's hurting me. Yeah, the pick-ems between drivers this week was pretty tough. Um, but, yeah, for any advice, I don't know. You just got to, like Brian was saying, you got to actually to, to compete for this title, you got to be watching the races and making your driver swaps and and whatnot. But it, it gets frustrating. Like, you can have a – especially play tracks, you're just really rolling the dice – and whatnot, but it's all for fun. That's what I tell myself, but my competitive nature doesn't allow me to have fun. I punish myself if I don't do well in this. But it's still early in the season, um, and I was in the 50s in the point standings, and then after one good re- week, I'm like in the mid-20s. So you can really, um, it's still early, and you can make up a lot of points yet. Well, I'm I'm not last place in it anymore. I'm, I think I'm third last now, but I, I didn't do too bad this week. I was 29th there you go moving on up all right and then what do you guys like who do you like for phoenix i mean forever we've gone to phoenix and everyone's like harvick 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 is it harvick i don't know if harvick's gonna do it just because Stuart haas isn't really on the up on up and up right now i can see larson larson winning phoenix at least i like bell i mean joey legato i mean he's He's won there a million times, right? Yeah, just won there a couple months ago, and Blaney finished second right behind him. So can we really go past this week without talking about Blaney and his failed potential? (laughs) Somebody called him out this week. Who was it? Kyle Petty, I think it was. Yeah, there's a reason I, I, I picked him as my driver after Junior retired. But, uh, I don't know. I'm liking Zane Smith being a California kid. Um, I don't know. I've never just dropped a driver. Well, mainly cause I was a senior junior fan growing up, but, uh, but Blaney kind of, I don't know. He, uh, it's hard to describe. They keep comparing him. They keep comparing him to Casey Kane, which I think they're two totally different drivers. AL potential, right? I remember Casey Kane coming up as a badass, and I remember Brian Blaney coming up as not a badass. And really the only reason I, he was on a star Wars podcast the year junior is retiring. Um, I was like, Oh, maybe, you know, and he actually sounded like he was a star Wars fan, not just somebody that says they are. And he was renting a house from junior at the time on his property. I was like, ah, you know what? I think I'm going to pick Ryan Blaney as my next driver. And then it's what it is. Very frustrating. Well, at least he didn't break his leg snowboarding. So there you go. He probably wouldn't even do that. Now I checked, guys. I didn't have Chase in my lineup. Okay, so people keep. Uh, I know Josh Berry had a crappy. I mean, I won't say it's crappy. He just got thrown in that car, and it's weird seeing these people in person walk around. Um, 
especially after they get that news. But people are very high on him that he's going to do well in these next uh, four to five weeks in that car, especially going to Martinsville. Man, I would have put somebody else in the car, somebody with cup experience. Who are you going to put in there? Somebody with seven championships, maybe. Might be familiar with the uh, Hendrick team. Yeah. Now that, it, you know. now that he has his own team. Yeah. yeah. They're like, take your knowledge and get out of here. <laughs> you can't talk Jeff Gordon to, into getting into the car again. Come on. Uh, there's a time to move on to fresh blood. Okay. I mean, yeah, he's. Are we going to. How far we want to take it back? We need to, Are we going to go hunt down Sterling Marlin and Mark Martin? I think no, he's I called Mark Martin would be awesome. I mean, I would love to see him back, but I mean, he's he's definitely mentally moved on. From yeah, I think Gordon even said he's not in race shape to even race. He he did pretty poorly in that Porsche race at Indy last year. I, I told you guys when this happened. I, oh, I want Carl Edwards at Phoenix because Carl is one at Phoenix. Let's find Carl Edwards and. Give him a hundred thousand dollars and have him come race a race. Yeah, he could different car. Like before Matt, before Matt, before Mark, before Jeff, before yeah. Junior. Yeah, he's you done. You, you, you're kind of stuck in nostalgia land, I think, with the driver. Yeah, I guess so. On. Well, when Kenseth came back, he didn't really do that well. So, um, it, it, I think, I think once it's out of you, it's out of you. It's hard to get it back. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And Chevy has a pipeline problem right now because Sam Mayer was supposed to be their next big thing, and he's kind of hit a stunt in his growth. He's not progressing as quickly as I think they wanted him to. And other than that, you know, they don't they don't got a whole lot. So Josh Berry was the next logical, you know, choice. I think Allgaier would be a good choice. He's been around forever. He never really got a, a serious break for Cup cars, but he's always been super competitive in Xfinity. And he subbed before into Cup, so yeah, he would have been a really good choice, I think. Yeah, he did it last year, I think. It might have been last year, the year before, for the 48 car. Yeah, when Bowman had his uh, concussions, yeah. Metro Ford of Chicago delivers to you. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, we have over 160 vehicles in stock. Living large or strapped for cash, good credit, no credit, doesn't matter. It's all good at Metro Ford of Chicago. We offer easy financing and guaranteed credit approval. Visit eMetroFord.com to view our complete inventory and tell them Patrick sent you. Metro Ford of Chicago, serving Chicagoland and beyond for over 35 years. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. All right, let's open up the Metro Ford hardware software section with a SimuCube extension. Kick this one off, Justin. Yeah, looks like we got a Sim Racing Sim Racing Bay has an extension for the SimuCube 2 wheelbase. This is interesting because I have this wheelbase. And it's got a list of specs, 130 millimeter in length, um, compatible with SimiCube 2 systems, uh, Sport, Pro, and Ultimate. Uh, weighs around um, 365 grams. And I know Mike has an extension. And do you like it? Well, so I got a wee extension I mounted to the wheel. Okay, so I actually have two of them, one on each wheel, and then that mounts to the regular base. Now, what this is, is a little different. 
it runs an extension off of the base and then you hook the wheel to it. So the extension is permanently mounted to the base and sticking out, you know, four or five inches. So it's a bit different setup than what I got. I kind of like it in, you know, in the fact that you would only need one extension. You don't need one for every wheel. Now, why did you get an extension for your wheel? Oh, just the, the plain fact of the wheels too far away from my body. I just needed it. I needed it closer. So when I had the DD one and the way that that quick release is and so forth, it, it really sticks out uh, from the mount pretty far. And it was far enough where it was comfortable. And then when I moved to the semi cube, it, it's a much more low profile uh, uh, sticking out of the motor. I mean, and so I lost a good four or five inches, you know, so that's why I needed the extension. Pretty neat. What do you think, Donnie? If I mean, would you rather go with this once off the the motor, or would you like to you know do like I did and put one on every wheel? Yeah, I don't know. I was just putting both wheels on and off just to see. Um, the Gomez wheel came with an extension on it already, three inches, and I, when I put it on in relation to my oval wheel, I actually like um, that it's closer to me. The Gomez wheel, the uh, the Formula wheel, and then my oval wheel. I was thinking, man, maybe I could use a couple inches um of extension but I, i'm gonna i wouldn't go this route i'd go with off the wheel just because i already have one system that way but um but yeah no it's a it's a good option i mean if if you're starting this way that way you don't have to buy the ones for the wheel but since my wheel came with one i might as well go that route i, I like it because i think that's the one thing about the semi-cube design is the quick release is so close to the face of the motor of where the, where it's mounted and everything that the wheel is always going to be too far away. So I almost feel like, you know, they need to build this in as part of the, 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 the package almost. Have you raked your knuckles on pulling out your pen against your, uh, your wheelbase mount yet? Oh yeah. And that's part of the problem. If you don't have one, you're definitely going to do that. Cause you got a yank on that thing to pull it out that pin you sure and, do uh, well you really got to put some heft into it and then when you're putting it in i, I usually hit it with the back uh, bottom of my palm and uh and if i didn't have the extension my my hand wouldn't even fit in there really pretty neat product and it's 70 euros all right brian you're our motion guy it looks like we've got a motion rig that attaches directly to your seat that's right, Dave. This is the NJ Motion Compact R Base. So, yeah, so instead of uh, using actuators on the corners of your rig and moving your rig up and down and so forth, this is a little bit more simpler. It actually just has a, um, a base with a platform on top. It almost looks like a scale. Um, and uh, the seat just mounts to the top of it. And, uh, you know, and that's where your motion comes from. It's all coming from the seat. It's not your whole rig that's moving. It's just your chair. Um, it uh, runs about 24.99 euros, which is like mid $2,600 US. Um, so uh, it's comparable in price to like a, a, the more less expensive um, actuator systems, a little bit less than an actuator system. Uh, they do take about 20 to 30 business days to get. So it mentions that on their website. So it's if, if you do buy it, prepare to wait a little while. It's going to be the longest month of your life after you purchase it. And then um, they do have some uh, reviews from this. Uh, Dan Suzuki, who's like one of the more popular iRacing um, 
or sim racing um, content providers. He did a review of this and he really liked it. Mentioned that it was really quiet, which is good. Um, he also mentioned that um, that uh, it was uh, that he didn't notice because because your seat's moving and your and your steering wheel is not in one of these systems as opposed to a platform where everything's moving and he didn't notice uh, you know he didn't find that to be distracting or didn't have a problem with it at all so uh he was actually uh he actually recommended this over like a, a four actuator system you know a, a sfx 1000 type system so um yeah a good good reviews um decent decent price for like a motion but um um so yeah i i i it looks like something might be worth looking into if you're looking at motion and and want to avoid the four actuator system or if you don't have a um 80 20 rig that you can that you can uh, use for motion might might be a really good alternative can this be mounted to 80 20 doesn't look like it i mean it's got four feet on the bottom so yeah, I guess you'd have to separate the seat from the eighty twenty rig. I think it yes. sits within, depending on how wide it is. I think it sits within your eighty twenty on the yeah, ground. And it's, exactly. It's got it's got uh, adapter parts for it that, that for extra cost, like uh, thirty five euros. That'll uh, help attach it to eighty twenty parts. I think that's what you would use, and uh, some seat side uh, side supports for your seats if you have a seat that uh, needs side supports. So um, there's a couple extra uh, available accessories to to make it work on on your system. Yeah, I think if you if you were going to throw it into an eighty twenty like if I was, I would want to. Um, my seat sits up pretty high. It would be too low to the ground, I think, if it wasn't on the 8020 attachable. Yeah, so we found this in our Discord channel this week. Dr. Orzi, one of our listeners, is uh, telling us that this will be his next upgrade later this year. He did find it from watching the Dan Suzuki video, and he's convinced that this is going to be a, something uh, that he's going to like. Now, I had some questions that I posted um, in the Discord, like, hey, how do you lower your, I mean, this is gonna add eight inches to the height of your seat. And he did indicate that uh, Dr. Orzi was, he's gonna drop it inside of his 8020 uh, cockpit. He said it does fit in between. Uh, so you basically just put it in there and, uh, and the height will basically be, you know, work out to be the same. The other concern I had was, that I mentioned in the discord was I think it's weird that your, your seat is moving, but the wheel and the pedals aren't moving with it. So yeah. David, you had mentioned like, how do you keep a, the consistent force on a hydraulic pedal when the seat is going about? I don't know. I have to be able to right. test it to, to tell you. <laughs> Good question. Well, then you again, probably can't. Dan didn't have a problem with it. I don't know what pedals he's using, but um, he didn't have a problem with it as far as the steering wheel goes. That's true. And that's what Dr. Orzi pointed out, that Dan Suzuki didn't have any problems with it and thought it would be fine. But he may not be so, using hydraulic pedals. I, you know, I'm sorry, but the, the force you have to put on a hydraulic is way different. And it, it would, yeah. So it'd, be it'd be interesting. It's tempting. I would love to try it. NJMotion.com. All right, the next one that we have up, uh, Donnie, is a play seat review. Uh, 9 to 5 Toys reviewed a play seat branded by Logitech. Um, that's your typical, I don't want to say typical play seat, but um, 
it's that fold up. You can move it around the room if you'd like. You can adjust the pedals real nice um, if it's for what you're looking for. If you have are limited in space, maybe limited in in budget, and you could throw that Logitech Direct Drive on it. Looks like it mounts to it. Um, but the adjustment of um, you know to make it longer to shorten up the the rig itself. Take some Allen keys. You do the Allen keys and you pull it out. Uh, but the reviewer liked it. Um, it is what it is. I mean, it's not my style. Nothing I'd go for. But the frame is powder coated, a gray, a gray color. Has a, a decent seat. It's going to have the, like I mentioned, the the Logitech branding all over it. So you're going to get that with it if you like it. But what do you guys think? Well, this is at least one of the versions where you don't have the the center post interfering with your feet operation. Yeah, it looks very. It looks pretty sturdy for for what it is. You're you're right. You don't have that center post. It's tubular. Um, I'm just worried about that center portion where it separates to make it longer or shorter, because now you're separating that rig into two pieces with the middle piece uh, joining it. So I don't know how that's going to work over time. Um, you probably aren't going to put a set of hydraulics on this thing and using that force to to press down. But uh, but yeah, I mean it's for somebody. That kind of a steel pipe you know kind of uh cockpit made out of piping um maybe two inch but if you have a logitech direct drive you know the new logitech and you want something that's kind of branded to go with it this is this is it i mean the seat has a big old logitech g on it you know and it says logitech along the sides of the cockpit so if you're looking for a certain look i mean uh this ain't bad but again i wouldn't go with a pipe uh cockpit I've been there, done that. I can pick this next one up. It's a pretty quick hit. It's uh, actually a uh, from Anthony Alfredo, NASCAR driver and I, iRacer extraordinaire. Uh, he streams quite a bit too, right? Um, and he's recommending the Logitech Light Lit, Litra, Logitech Litra Beam for the best lighting for sim racing streamers. So it's they're beams that sit on top of the monitor, and they're basically for lighting your face up. Now. Okay, so if you're in a video production and you need your face lit up, I think these are great. But I don't know that, you know, if if you're not, you know, trying to light up your face, I don't know how they help with racing at all. I mean, I, I don't think the regular eye racer needs light like this. This is yeah. this is specifically for the camera, right? This is basically for your face. That's exactly what it's for. So it wouldn't be for us, Mike. Yeah, it's it, this is way different than the lighting I did. I do um, now. I, I sent you guys a picture a, a couple of days ago of my rig. I think I had it lit up red with a bright red. But that's the beauty of the lighting I have. It's from above. It's like over your head, so it doesn't go down onto the screens. It's not pointing in your eyes. The problem with these lights I see is they're like literally like right in your eyes. You know, so I wouldn't want to race with something like this, but Hey, if you if it's all about the stream and not the racing, uh, why not? What is this about? They're not messy, Brian or Mike. I'll take this one. Um, we talked about this a few for a few weeks ago. The Sim 3D pedal rumble kit, and uh, I'd been corrected by uh, Tony uh, Groves and some other people that I thought it might look messy with the wires coming off the pedals. Uh, but I've been assured that that's not the case. Uh, you can kind of tell by looking at these pictures of the kit on the back of these pedals. 
uh, I was wrong actually. So I just wanted to point that out. Um, it, it's got a nice, neat look to it. Um, Tony highly recommends them. I think Steve Thompson bought these as well. Yeah, you can even see the wires. Right. So that was more of like a, just a story correction. Um, but yeah, check check this out. Um, like I said, Tony and Steve have said good things about them. With my pedals, Dave, being inverted, I'm curious how I would run that wire and not make it look like crap. You'd have to run it all the. You'd have to run it up and then across and then down. To pedal, yeah, somehow. Now, when you go to order it, you tell them what pedals you have, and they have a list here of all of them. And you, I guess that gets you the right kind of mount. Now, on now, Sim Coaches is actually listed there, Donnie. Yeah, I've I've seen the Sim Coach version of them. He was actually going to sell them on the site um, as a part of the package. This might be a something I add on in the future to kind of complement my two butt kickers. I've never thought about putting one on the front yet, but this would be a good replacement for instead of doing a front butt kicker is let's do the pedal rumble kit. 95 to 110 euros. All right. We always like to say we're trying to, we, we do a good job of spending our, our new guys money when they come on the show. Mackenzie, we're going to try to convince you to go, go ahead and go for a motion rig by talking about uh, Anthony Alfredo's setup. Yeah. So, uh, Anthony Alfredo puts a post on Twitter here. Uh, D box tech sent him a full mash or motion platform to put under his rig. So uh, in the video, he just lifts up his rig and gets, gets some help just to slide it right under there. He says, uh, here's a clip from adding their full haptic system to my racing simulator. It is, it truly is plug and play adding a whole new level of immersion to your rig or cockpit. So he goes on to say that the the D box motion platforms there they're fully uh, fully electronic and they're not very noisy at all. And you know we saw this at the Sim Racing Expo if you recall, and it looked actually quite a bit different than the version that Anthony has. It definitely looks like they've uh, stepped up the design of it. The one we saw at the Sim Racing Expo was literally just like a black rectangle. Uh, that you would set your cockpit on. This one has got is it's more refined. It's it's thinner. Uh, it expands out on the uh, four corners. So the four corner post, uh, you know, that the rig sits on, you know, it sits right on it. So it's it's more low profile than we saw at the Sim Racing Expo. It's actually red. They got a color to it, and it doesn't appear to be as thick as it was before. So um, they definitely have upgraded it. Now I went looking for a price, looking, can you buy it? I couldn't find it, to be honest. Does this platform mount to your rig or does your rig simply sit on top of it? It sits on top of it, I think. So how's that gonna work for vibration and and your rig slipping and sliding? Well, I don't know. I mean, we saw a video at the, the Sim Racing Expo. I mean, Anthony didn't show us a video of him running it. So I think that's an outstanding question. Yeah, because it just shows them lifting up the rig and sliding this under, and then that's really it. I'm curious how, how it mounts. Now, there's a couple other links in the story, guys. If you click them, you're going to see the original uh, unit I mentioned from the Sim Racing Expo, and you can see how different it looks uh, than the unit that uh, Anthony's got. So I assume they're the same product, but maybe they are different. Yeah, the uh, the... 
the one that was uh, available at the expo that they have on their website has clamps on it, it looks like some kind of clamp system to hold your rig in place um but um and it's also if this is it um it comes with a typical d-box price tag it's ninety five hundred dollars yeah, we did find it for sale. Actually, I, I recall now. It's I got a link here for rc-europe.com has it for sale for ninety five hundred euros, and it shows pictures of a, a racing cockpit sitting on it, but also a love seat, like you take a, a couple lounge, uh, you know, recliners and stick on it, you know, and you watch a movie. So you got to remember, D box is really big into moving for movies and that kind of thing. And this was actually spurned on by um, the Coke race because uh, D-Box was a sponsor and uh, and um, Anthony Alfredo was like, hey, they're the sponsor. I'm going to show you a little bit about their product. Let's do one more before results, David. All right, I'll pick this one up real quick. Uh, I mentioned that I got to meet a bunch of guys from uh, uh, that were, I forget the name of the charity right now, um, but they, they race, it, they supply rig racing rigs for disabled veterans and so this always reminds me of that um this is a hands-on performance h1 and it's a brake accelerator sim uh racing hand that gives you throttle and control brakes with your hands and it really actually kind of reminds me of the an, an old driver's ed that car that that we had at school when, when, when we had some some kids who who didn't have the use of their legs so um it's pretty neat i'm curious if this would be easier to use than the hand pedals uh on on the rim because if you do use this then one of your hands is going to be off of the rim might be might be better in ovals than than say uh road course but it does have either a load cell or some kind of hydraulic that is involved on the control so i'm sure you could develop some really fine muscle memory and get some precise control with it that's what I was thinking, David, is like you, you got to have a hand on this thing for the and it does gas and brake depending on if you push it forward or back. So there's like a, a happy center mid, middle. And so the more you go forward, the faster it goes. And then if you go backwards from middle, you got braking. And so you you would always have to have your hand on it and then you would have one hand on the wheel, I guess. Um, yeah, I just can't you know, envision how, you know, how, why would you want to, I guess a person with no legs or no feet, you know, kind of thing, they don't, they can't use pedals. They would use this, but I still think the paddles on a formula wheel would be better, wouldn't it? Cause you would have both hands on the wheel. It depends on how much pressure you can get because you can do a lot more muscle memory with an arm than you can with, with a finger. And pressure's good. Looks yeah, like and this is a is real break. tall. It's a real tall lever, like you said too, that you could probably get a lot of muscle memory on. Yeah, it looks like forward is brake, and then pulling back is the throttle. So that'd be kind of oh. different to get used to. Um, but I like it, man. This is uh, this is something pretty cool. That was exactly how the throttle worked on this on 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 the uh, driver's ed car, except it pushed forward for throttle and back for brake. And I actually drove it a few times for events and tried using it just just to see what it would be like and it's it, it you definitely would have to adjust to it um but when you don't have a choice humans are pretty good at adjusting to things 
Yeah, I'm looking at looking at this build and it looks pretty simple. It's got a nice um rubber, I guess, bushing that you can probably change out for uh stiffness. But I'm trying to figure out where the sensor would be in this thing, unless it's down in that base plate. Pretty pretty sleek, 365 euros. It is for sale at digital-motorsports.com. All right, Mike, right, roll into some results. Results, let's do it. NASCAR iRacing Series. Let's finish up Vegas, Friday Open. I was running about 10th or so, and I got spun by a guy coming up. Uh, it was basically no damage. Uh, later on, I, I got spun again up against the wall, 30 seconds required and three optional. I ended up fixing the one minute uh, and staying on the lead lap. Interestingly, I was able to drive to the top five fairly quickly and was uh, restarted fifth with 20 to go. Was running really good and, sorry, I had to do something there. Was running really good and then all of a sudden the car got the hospital wobble loose and I fell all the way to 18th right at the end of the race. Yuck. David, P3. Yeah, this is finally my first, uh, I guess, uh, top five of the, of the year in NIS so far. So it felt good. I felt like I was off to a mediocre start, but it, again, I'm running with a lot of tough opponents. Um, I was running 15th after two green flag stops, so it was just kind of a mid-pack car. But there was a caution with 25 laps to go, and I was. This is backwards. I'm usually a long, long run speed driver, but with with this particular car, I had to um, really take care of the right rear tire. Um, so when it was a long run, I just did not go that hard. I didn't, as a, I didn't lose a lot of spots, but it kept me in the 15th mid-pack mid range. But we had several short runs at the end, and I could pick up kind of running around on the outside four spots per lap. And uh, yeah, just a lot of short runs at the end came up, came out with a P3. Well done. Was that top split or? Um, I think this one was second. It was on Friday night. Uh, so right now there's enough people showing up that I'm either second or third split on Friday nights. All right, Justin, how'd you do? Started 34th, uh, was the 34 car. So I chose not to qualify strategy move. I thought it would work well in my favor. Um, worked my way up to 17th um, on green flag stops. Uh, we needed a pit during green flag. Green flag stops were coming and I got caught spin speeding on pit road, went two laps down. I know I, I couldn't catch up after that and I ended the night P24th, so not a very good one. All right, Sunday open, Brian, P4. Yeah, had a had a good race uh, uh, that track. Um, had a had a my car was a little on the loose side, um, and I made some adjustments that kind of made it a little more stable. But I wasn't uh, quite as fast on uh, early runs, but I could uh, keep up the pace on the long runs. And luckily, we we had a couple couple long runs. I actually wound up uh, taking the lead at one point. Um, led a few laps. Um, caution came out, and then uh, I got a little shuffled back a little bit after a restart because I just wasn't didn't have that early speed. Um, but um, as the longer run went on, I started pulling cars back in, made my way back up the fourth um, before the before the thing finally ended. Uh, if, if I think.
think if it was a longer longer run, I, you know, I could I could have done a lot better. The guy who won the race though, he was really fast. I don't know if I would have had anything for that guy because he was checking out from everybody. So P4, I'll take that. Uh, it's your first top five in a long time, Brian. Um. Yeah, well, I haven't been running a whole lot of NIS at the end of last year because all my computer problems. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm happy to be back in the top five. I've You're actually back where you belong. I'm not. I'm going to knock on wood here, but so far, every race, every track this year in NIS, I've led at one point or another. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to hold up through Phoenix because I'm just not good at Phoenix. But what the heck? Let's try. Right. Sunday fixed. Man, I missed it. I had a family birthday party. Missed the start of the race. Justin, you ran. How'd you do? I started eighth. Um, I made it to green flag pit stops again, which I worked my way up to fourth. Then after, then after the field halfway cycled, after I pit during green flag stops, a yellow um, flew, which caused me to be a lap down. Um, but luckily, I was the first one on lead lap. Got the lucky dog. Um, restart went well. Took it easy for a few laps. Another quick caution came. Went to the pits. Luckily for me, I must have hit all my marks. Um, worked my way up from 11th. I think I gained four or five positions, if I remember right. But then um, this led to a green-white checkered. I started 11th, and in that green-white record, I kind of bump and banged and made my way to 8th. So, finally had a positive NIS for once. Right. Nice top 10. Now you just need to stack them up, man. Let's switch to Phoenix. Wednesday open. Greg wrecked out. Greg's not with us, but uh, yeah. My race, I had a P6. I actually had a fast car when driving forward on most runs. I finally pitted it under green on a long run, and sure enough, the caution came out while I was on pit road. Man, it's terrible luck. I was able to take the wave around and stay on the lead lap and drive forward, but I couldn't recover from that. Ended up P6. Tom Dryling, P4. He actually started last, didn't qualify, was able to work his way up uh, to the top 10 after two long green runs. Got involved in some bumping a little bit later as I liked the high line. A few uh, late yellows and I'll take my third top five of the season. McKenzie wrecked out early. Yeah, I, uh, I don't even think I made it around to the to the finish line on the on the on the start and some guy hit the hit the bottom of the corner, came up, took me out, and I had like 18 minutes damage, so I just didn't even didn't even bother with it. You just can't catch a break, it seems like. Uh, we need to get you out of those lower splits. Yeah, I really can't. I actually, I was running the, the Sunday Open also, and I was, I was running really well. I was up in fifth, and uh, I got a call for work, so I had to get off and go. So I probably could have finished well on that one. It was halfway through the race, but that really sucked. That's the kind of calls you let go to voicemail, right? Yeah, I, I couldn't this week. I was on call, so I had to pick it up. Ooh. All right, David, P9. Yeah, I got spun early, um, but didn't take any damage as a result. It put me a lap down, though, because I waited to let all the cars clear by and, and I had to stop, stay behind the pace car. Um, so I took two, uh, two cautions to get the lucky dog, but I did finally get that. 
And then for the rest of the race, cars just started dying around me. I was about a 17th place car for the early part of the race. But um, yeah, there was just wreck after wreck after wreck. And I even got involved in one of them causing about a minute's worth of optional that I didn't fix, um, but survived all of the death for a P9. Great. All right, Thursday open, I ran, I was excited because of how well I ran on Wednesday night with a P6. And if I hadn't been caught a lap down, I probably would have maybe contended for the win. So went into this race kind of cocky, uh, too cocky. I uh, forgot to load the race set after qualifying like a fool. I realized it when the car wasn't as fast after a few laps. I mean, it was fast in the short run, but man on the long run i was fading hard like it was snappy loose in the middle of the corner i would have to lift to kind of save it and they, they would go on by me so every time there was a long run i would just fade backwards um anyway um ended up p11 which was actually a fairly decent finish considering the set problem so uh, I think I told the guys today, I need a third party app that prevents me from getting in the car unless I've loaded the right set. So I need something. You actually get that in the roadside with JRT because you can unload fuel on, on the qualifying sets. So it'll it'll beep at you if you jump in the car without full fuel. What Donnie, you told me post-it note on the monitor. I don't know. Yeah, I put a... I typically put a note just by my um okay let's move on to other racing uh week 13 I ran pickup cup at Phoenix I got wrecked out I ran carburetor cup at iRacing super speedway I got wrecked out ran another pickup cup at Phoenix finished P4 I can't tell you how much fun pickup cup is at Phoenix that thing drives off the right rear and you're dirt tracking the corners, uh, the way the set is. It's it's a blast. David, you got a win at Sebring, IMSA. Yeah, uh, was there. And this one, um, I believe I was running like third and was staying right with the two guys. And they kind of short pitted, which means they might have been running lighter on fuel. Because when I came out, I was well over six seconds ahead of both of them and just held on to the lead to uh, take the win. That's probably well my favorite my favorite uh, uh, track now, at least one of my most successful tracks. All right, Brian, OBRL Cup, P34. Yeah, so uh, started in 10th place. We were in Vegas following the cup schedule. Uh, full field, 34 or 43 cars. Um, so uh, uh, the setup that we were using was really loose after like 10 to 12 laps. It's a, it's a fixed setup race, so everybody's using the same set. Um, and uh, man, it was it was wicked diabolically loose. Um, I, I had to run the high line the whole race, and I'm not typically a high line driver, but um, but uh, it was the only way I could try to keep the thing stable. After 10, 10 laps, I, if I ran the bottom, just barely touching the throttle would, would spin me out. So I, I wound up uh, just staying up high. Um, stayed in the top 15 until uh, until uh, about halfway through. I made contact with a car coming out of turn two. I, I was trying to pass them and I, you know, I ventured to the bottom despite how unstable it was and uh, just barely touched them. No incident points or nothing. He didn't, he didn't 
lose a, he didn't nothing happened to him it just turned me down towards the uh towards the apron a little bit and i was you know didn't didn't spin the car nothing but i had to get back on the track and lost a bunch of spots but after some cautions i made it back into the top 12 and um had a, had another long run towards the end of the race and a couple scary moments again just because it was snapping around on me um i was uh as uh I was able to save it until until one time with about 25 laps where I just lost it and it didn't recover. I wound up hitting the hitting a car, uh, hitting the wall. Another car hit into me, and uh, you know I went down like four laps with my damage. Got back out just to finish the race at the end of the, at the back of the field and uh, finished in uh, 34th. Um, but I do want to congratulate uh, Josh Robinson who won the win. Uh, Greg McDaniel's finished second, and Eric Essery who started in the back of the field and drove his way to third place that was a really impressive run by eric all right jump to final thoughts then brian mccubbin well um so this uh this build i thought was a little underwhelming and we we had talked a little bit how um they seemed like it was kind of quiet like maybe they were going to drop some big surprise on us maybe and uh nothing really came out of it so a little disappointed i'm not angry because uh, you know i know they're always working towards stuff you know I, I i don't think you should be angry when when you don't get what you want in in these builds you know just just take it uh, and realize that they're working on things and things are always going to get better in eye racing they always want to improve um so real happy happy to what, what's going to be coming up in the future and you know and the thing with the um the uh gen 4 car that they created um really shows the the ability to for them to adjust and to listen to the people a really cool thing that they did with that so uh, you know i i you know every once in a while you get a little disappointed in i racing but they always seem to manage to uh to turn things around and get you excited about something I think we forget they're they're racers just like us, and they probably enjoy that car as much as we did. So um, I'm looking forward to that as well. David Hall, final thoughts. Well, if you happen to be watching, uh, I'm in a tux. <laughs> you you might have noticed I came in uh, or was on the car we for the first part of the broadcast. We performed our concert contest today, or we call it concert assessment, and. In Arkansas, and we got an excellent rating, so I was pretty happy with that. Little real life stuff going on. Um, did get back in time though. Uh, running into an issue with this new HP or refurbed HP, it keeps coming up with error codes after the computer's been up for a while. I finally fig figured out that I can maybe consistently get it to go away after uh, unplugging both the power and the USB to it. However, it did cause me to miss the NIS race Sunday morning. Um, but uh, I think I've got it figured out and working well. So there we go. I agree with Brian. There probably could have been more on this, but I, I'm going to chalk it up to they're probably throwing a lot of eggs into rain now. Though something I do want to see soon is the updated package for short tracks. I don't know why they didn't get that out for Phoenix. Maybe they just don't have any data yet. Maybe they'll have that data after Phoenix. Yeah, you're referring to the two-inch spoiler versus the four that uh, NASCAR is going to roll out this weekend at Phoenix. Yeah, I was hoping for the shorter spoiler uh, for our races, but we'll have to uh, stick with the taller one. The spoiler was not the only change. There was a, a lot of places where they took downforce out. Under panels. All right. Uh, Donnie Spiker, final thoughts? 
Yeah, you know, I'm actually hearing good things about this update to the the real life cars that Phoenix might be actually a lot better this weekend. So we'll have to see. Um, as regards to the build, um, I don't know. I just I'm always indifferent. I, I kind of I'm comfortable with what I have and what I like. This is what I'm going to move forward with. But I'm also a quant or quality over quantity type of guy. Um, all the crap I usually you know, give tie racing about their, their releases one that they still put out an amazing product and I'm never really too disappointed in it uh, ever. I'm always happy with what I have, but, um, but yeah, the build was what it was. And, uh, and I'm okay with that. I haven't raced since last Wednesday. So tonight I'll be practicing Phoenix and maybe getting an A open in, in about 10 30 my time. And I won't make tomorrow's NIS, but I'll be there Sunday morning. I want to follow yeah. up on that too. I kind of agree on, um, you know, I, I guess we've been getting used to so much new stuff coming out, but really how much of that new stuff are we going to grab? Um, I, I do sports car, I do stock car and that's it. So um, I, I like to narrow my focus and be pretty good at those things and don't really spread myself too thin anymore. Right. Greg Hector's final thoughts. Um, you guys hear me? Um, just uh, looking forward for redemption night. I didn't have a good Phoenix last night. I kind of probably should have just hung it up before I even started last night. I thought it, I wasn't feeling the greatest, but I tried it last night and uh, didn't go so well. So we'll try again tomorrow night. Um, yeah, I don't know. I got a busy weekend, so I don't think I'm going to get much racing in this weekend. I'm not sure, but uh, we'll uh, get out there and see what we can do. I'm kind of glad. It seems like these builds the last little while is kind of just more fine tuning. They add the odd thing here and there and just they're refining a lot of stuff. I, I think we're, I think we've reached a point with iRacing where it's, we've got a lot of content and it's very hard to find something that's new and it's not just like a track or a car. Like they have the odd car and stuff here, but I think we're just, I think there's so much that uh, they've added where uh, it's hard to be excited about something, but, you know, at least having an update four times a year is a lot better than uh, not having it any at all. Heck yeah. All right, Justin Pearson, final thoughts. I'm just trying to uh, keep it consistent. Um, I'm enjoying this high racing, my new rig. Finally got my hardware worked out. I just installed a new CPU. And yeah, just trying to get everything dialed in still, but having fun. All right. That's, that's what it's all about. Mackenzie Stevens, final thought. Yeah. I, I don't think I'll be able to make the NIS race tomorrow, but hopefully I can Sunday. Hopefully I can actually finish on the lead lap or just finish this time. I, I need to have some better luck and get some better runs going. That's for sure. All right. You need to shake that luck. Uh, my final thoughts. Wow. Uh, a couple mistakes in the build. I mean, the, to release the late model stock car with too much grip, I think is a mistake. Um, like Donnie said, that's low hanging fruit. You get some stock car drivers to try that out. You'd know there's a problem right away. It didn't take the community very long at all to figure out that it was too stuck. So a uh, big fail there. And, you know, how did they take the limiter off the ARCA car? when they didn't intend to. Now, our teammate, Bobby Jonas, he's a conspiracy theorist. I mean, he thinks they did it on purpose. 
Absolutely. Now, his reasoning, well, his reasoning was, hey, uh, this last build, they updated the templates on the ARCA car to make them more NASCAR-like and so forth. So that's, and 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 he kind of stated that, well, maybe they, they took off the limiter just to see what the community would say about it. Would they like it? They wouldn't need know. to see who 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 doesn't want more horsepower. Is there anybody likes that's saying, "Hey, I want to go get in a, a roaring stock car and run run two hundred horsepower." I was going to say, doesn't this seem like it's a couple weeks early for? Like I said fools? before, nobody didn't like it. So a couple mistakes, but it is so cool that that one mistake has led to uh, a new series, a new car, Gen Four. Uh, pretty cool. And to have the community come together and rally on social media in a very positive way to iRacing, you know, hey, we really want this. Hey, this is so cool. And then iRacing hear us and do it. I, it, You know, it's just a, a very unique uh, thing that's happened in iRacing that doesn't happen very often. So uh, let's enjoy it and embrace it. And I look forward to running that car next week. And with that, hey, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.